is an important date in Andre's history. 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 Find out why today on Weather Jazz. Welcome to Weather Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and even off-topic things. We'll delve into a little bit of that today. I am your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bordier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is episode number 228 for Friday. Yep, we made it. August the 20th, 2021. And here we go. It's the weekend. And the weekend is going to be very, very active, especially along the East Coast. You see a hurricane that we've been watching, whose name is not Henry, by the way. It's a French spelling of the word Henry, H-E-N-R-I. So it's pronounced Henri, just FYI. Uh, Henri is going to be giving southern New England a run for its money on Sunday afternoon, the way it's looking. So the computer models indicating that Henri will make landfall probably somewhere between Islip, New York, and Chatham, Massachusetts. And uh, so this is going to be the first uh, southern New England landfall of a hurricane in quite some time. We'll continue to monitor, and obviously, as we come up on Meteorological Monday, we will take a look at Henri, and by then, we will have known just exactly what the impacts were. So stay tuned. If you're listening to Weather Jazz from Southern New England, obviously, you know to stay up on the latest. Uh, This is the normal drill during that hurricane season, which really peaks in Southern New England late August into September. That's when most of the landfalls for New England occur. Well, today in Weather Jazz, we're going to be deviating just a little bit from the usual weather and science, but that's standard. On Friday, and I gave you a little sneak peek as to what exactly we would be doing when we left you off uh, talking about the Katie Dids on Wednesday. And that is my friendship with Bob Gilmore, which goes more than four decades. You heard in the intro from Mike Russell over at MRC.FM, which is a jingle production house in the London area, that The real focus is on November 11th, 1978. That is the turning point, the first turning point of a significant intersection of two people, namely myself and somebody whose name is Bob Gilmore. And the reason it is so significant is that we share a lot in common. And most recently, Bob, who is truly truly talented in so many ways. He does a lot of wonderful woodwork. He actually was able to build for me a custom-built desk for my Weather Jazz Studios. And it's almost complete. Certainly, it is operational now. And that's where I'm doing this from right now. But very, very soon, it will be completed. 
but I'm going to share some pictures a little bit later on on weatherjazz.com, episode number 228, so you can see this workstation. But before we do anything else, I want you to understand just exactly how significant the story is between Bob Gilmore and me and the way we met. And so with that, let's dive into the story. Here now is that passage from my book, The Extra Mile, copyright 2011. It's from the chapter that deals with all of my college years. And I'm going to start reading the last two paragraphs before reading the subchapter, whose title is simply Bob Gilmore. It reads as follows. Saturday, November 11, 1978. It was a typical November weekend on campus. Saturday was my day to goof off. Unless there was one of Dr. Muzzy's grueling calculus problem sets to finish, I let my books collect at least a day's worth of dust. After a late breakfast, I began preparing for the NEK-20. During the program, a young gentleman, roughly my age as best as I could tell, wandered into the radio station's office. I could see him through the soundproof window just beyond the control board. He seemed to be looking around for someone. Since I was the only one there at the time, I waved him into the studio. It was quickly apparent to me that he was not only comfortable in the studio, but he thrived in the environment. This guy was what we call in the business a radiophile. Bob Gilmore Bob walked into the studio and introduced himself. He had driven up to Lindenville from southern Connecticut with his cousin, who was perusing the campus to see what he could find, since Linden State was on his shortlist. Before Bob found the broadcast studio on campus, he was scanning the dial to see what kind of local radio programs he could find. To his delight, he found my locally produced Pop Music Countdown, the NEK-20. He and his cousin finally found the building from which the station was broadcasting. Before coming into the Vale Center, he popped in a blank audio cassette into his portable radio recorder to capture the episode of the NEK-20 that precipitated an instant friendship. Being a radiophile myself, Bob and I found instant common ground. We traded stories about DXing, that is, trying to pull in and identify distant AM radio signals from all over the United States. I had been having fun doing this for years while I was in high school, working with a very sensitive radio and an antenna that was literally wound around the roof of our house. I delighted in listening to radio stations as far away as Chicago, Fort Wayne, Nashville, and occasionally Denver. Until that day, I had never met anyone who had the same level of excitement for DXing. It was almost as if I was looking at myself in the mirror in that regard. Bob stayed for quite some time before his cousin strolled in. Lindenville was only one of several stops in northern New England for them, and they had to head to their next stop in Maine. Bob and I exchanged addresses, and we vowed to stay in touch. Having to man the studio to finish the second hour of the program, they parted with a wave through the soundproof window and disappeared. 
In the months that followed, Bob and I corresponded once or twice by mail. The class load was heavy, so scribbling a quick note home every few days became difficult, and writing to friends became a luxury that I didn't have the time to enjoy often. Add the element of romance with a girl who, in the years ahead, would become my wife, and you suddenly have life traveling at the speed of light. In the blur of my sophomore year, I somehow lost Bob's address. I never wrote it down in my address book. It was written on a scrap of paper or a book cover that ultimately found the trash can before I realized that I was tossing something that could never be replaced. Two years had passed. In June of 1980, a new weather forecasting firm was looking for a few college meteorology students to help feed weekend weather to a dozen radio stations in New England by phone. It was a great opportunity to get back on the radio during my summer months and to make a little extra book money for my upcoming senior year. The feeds began every Saturday and Sunday morning at 4.55 a.m., and each station had a specific call time. One of the stations was WWCO AM in Bridgeport, Connecticut. After each feed, we used a specific tagline and our names. WWCO was the last station on the list of 12. For WWCO and the New England Weather Network, I'm meteorologist Andre Bernier. That was the tagline for the last station on the list before heading up to the kitchen to have breakfast with my parents and brother. It was satisfying to be back on the radio doing forecasts, but for the first time, I was getting paid to do it. I was pleased that the first weekend went so seamlessly and without any issues. I was scheduled to do the following weekend feed as well. Since the weekend prior had gone so well, it felt like I was slipping right into a well-etched groove. That second Sunday morning feed would prove to be very different. After finishing up with my tagline for WWCO, the DJ picked up the phone, and before I had a chance to say goodbye, he asked me a question that will forever ring in my ears. Are you the Andre Bernier that goes to Linden State College in Vermont? The question stunned me. How does a DJ in Bridgeport, Connecticut know that I attend Linden State College? I told him that I was, but before I could get another befuddled word out of my mouth, the DJ then told me that he was Bob Gilmore, the gentleman who visited the college campus studios almost two years earlier. He mentioned that something sounded very familiar last week when he took the weather feed, but he was not able to make the connection until after he hung up the phone. Bob was determined to ask me the following Sunday morning. We were both elated by that. By divine appointment, our paths had crossed once again. Bob and I exchanged addresses and phone numbers and vowed to never lose touch. In hindsight, so many things have had to have been in place for this reintroduction. Bob had to be working the overnight shift on a Sunday morning at a specific radio station. A college classmate had to have recommended me to Tom Chisholm, the meteorologist who started the new radio weather company to help on weekends. 
I had to have weekends available. Computing the chance of these three variables alone placed our reintroduction at more than a million to one. The start of my senior year in Vermont was miserable enough without the company of my wife-to-be while she spent a semester at Purdue University. Add moving into a single dorm room in a suite whose occupant's only interest was to test the pain threshold of their ears while listening to the Ramones into the wee hours of every morning, and it was the most forgettable semester of my college experience. The only redemption of that semester was getting reacquainted with Bob. He took the three-and-a-half-hour trek north on several occasions and even picked up one of the radio shifts at WWLR one Sunday afternoon before heading back to Connecticut. Having radio in common was just the tip of the iceberg. Our friendship continued to grow into one of those rare friendships that go well beyond the normal. It was as if our entire family adopted him and he adopted us. I find it humorous and ironic that as I write this story, it is exactly 30 years to the day that Bob Gilmore first walked into the campus radio station to find the face behind the voice of the NEK-20. Who would have ever thought at the time, 30 years later, that I would listen to that very NEK-20 broadcast on something called an iPod in my car? On the flip side, I just learned that Bob watched our 10 o'clock television newscast from his computer at his Connecticut home. Neither of us ever imagined the kinds of changes in technology we would witness. All that aside, both of us still scanned the AM radio dial at night. Once a radio file, always a radio file. And so there you have it. And on weatherjazz.com, episode number 228, I'll post some images of the desk that Bob designed and manufactured for me in his Connecticut home and recently transported it. He spent some time here with his lovely wife, Suzanne, and we just thoroughly enjoy their company above all else. But to say that a piece of Bob Gilmore in our friendship or at least an artifact thereof, is sitting in my Weather Jazz studio is truly special indeed. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Help me to spread the word about this podcast inside your sphere of influence on social media, but especially by word of mouth. If you know somebody that you believe would enjoy hearing about weather science and even some of the off-topic things, then please do Tell someone else about it and share this podcast so that we can grow this audience. Special thanks to all of you who have partnered to support Weather Jazz. And they are Andrea Rich in Tennessee, in Florida, Bill Martin, in Ohio, Rose Moore, Christine Barnes, Will Antonia Kraus and family, and Dale Osborne. And in Vermont, we have Kean Galunas and Victoria Singer. Now, I know what you're thinking. You'd love to have your name on this list. It's easy. All you have to do to add your name to that list and, of course, be a friend to Weather Jazz is click on the link at the top of weatherjazz.com 
and you'll see it. It's called Supporter, and you will see everything that you need to become a Weather Jazz partner. And incidentally, you can partner at any one of three levels. The lowest is only 99 cents a month, and it all makes a difference. If you have a question or a topic suggestion or just want to say hello, I welcome your input. Call me, Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect Line 234-525-5888. Now, please dial carefully. I had somebody email me saying that they tried and it immediately hung up. We tested the line. Everything works fine. So perhaps there was one digit off. Easy to do with a number like we have. Again, 234-525-5888. If you're listening to Weather Jazz via one of the many podcast apps available, remember to subscribe so that you can automatically download every episode as I make them available. And if you're in the Cleveland, Ohio area or plan to visit or simply traveling through, you can always watch my 5 and 7 p.m. weekday weather segments on WJW Television, Fox 8, or online live from anywhere in the world at fox8.com. Once more, Southern New England, you are on alert this weekend, especially for Sunday and Sunday evening. We'll be keeping a very close eye on it here at Weather Jazz. And of course, we'll catch you on Monday with another engaging Meteorological Monday episode right here on Weather Jazz. Have a wonderful weekend, everybody. Weather and science across the globe. The Weather Jazz.